In a world full of Matrix movies, metaverses, and meatless burgers that actually taste better than some real burgers, it's hard to know what is real anymore. In this Rewind special, we're pulling together four classic topics about reality in food service, from ghost kitchens, which are restaurants that don't really exist, to Subway constantly trying to prove its food is real, to Burger King getting too real, to conspiracies in food service, our fast food reality is being shaken. Are you ready? It's time to wake up. It's a new day. Yes, it is. The Back Row Morning Show. The Back Row Baptist Podcast. The Morning Side Hug. The Back Row with Matt and Mo. He's Matt. I'm Mo. We're just like, hey, we got microphones. You're tuned in to the Back Row Rewind. The best of Matt and Mo. I told you about YouTuber Mr. Beast opening 300 Mr. Beast burger locations all across America out of nowhere in a single day. How did he do it? Well, he did and he didn't. He didn't actually open restaurants, actual restaurants, which exist <laughs> in the world where you can visit, uh, which explains why you can only order that food via DoorDash. What he did was he opened 300 ghost kitchens. Have you heard of ghost kitchens before? Mm-mm. I mean, mm-mm. <laughs> no, I'm well, no. Uh, so this past year, uh, every restaurant franchise has been grappling with decisions about delivery, uh, clearly because of COVID-19 and people can't even like eat in restaurants, even still today in a lot of places, you can't go into a restaurant to eat. You can mm-hmm. only order it. It's sad. Uh, but the fact is delivery was a priority even before the pandemic. With 78% of respondents in the 2019 National Restaurant Association survey looking to focus on their off-premise strategy. So this past year, 33% of customers report that they were ordering more takeout, creating a significant new revenue stream for restaurants willing to double down on delivery. Ghost kitchens are professional cooking facilities created for the preparation of delivery-only meals which enable restaurants to rapidly start delivering food to their customers, even though there's not an actual restaurant. Interesting. But that's only one kind. There's also um, restaurants that currently exist that co-op, or not co-opt, that that basically take orders for another brand out of their kitchen because they have um, similar ingredients that they can build a different menu off of and deliver okay. that in the name. And then there are restaurants that they themselves have started an online-only restaurant that is still the same company, but you just don't know. And so we kind of talked about one of these last year, which was Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, I Chuck remember. Chuck E. Cheese created a DoorDash-only um, pizza. Door only pizza 
company called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was more of a... We, we we called it a trick. We, we called we, it a we, trick to get sorry. people to actually order Ch- Chuck E. Cheese pizza, which nobody really wants unless you're going to go there yeah. kind of thing. Um, but even in our own town, I remember just a few weeks ago when we had COVID and we downloaded DoorDash for the first time to start what, using what? it, uh, I saw that uh, we had a place called It's Just Wings. Uh-huh. I'm like, It's Just Wings. I've never seen that place in our town. And, uh, oh, hey, so, hey, we're live streaming on Twitch, and we've got a raid coming in. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, So with the the It's Just Wings thing, it's actually Chili's. Is it Chili's? Chili's? I thought it was Pizza Hut. No, it's Chili's. Wing Street is Pizza Hut, but that's still officially part of their thing. You can get that in, in the restaurant, too. You can't go to Chili's, like, in restaurant and order It's Just Wings food. And It's Just Wings is completely different from Chili's. It's got wings with several flavors of sauces that aren't available on anything in Chili's. And they make curly fries, which Chili's doesn't offer. And <laughs> I'm, I, I was confused. Yeah. Like, why? Why are they doing this? You can't even order, like, even, the, even if you know that they're in the same building, you can't order uh, from both places in one order. Kind of thing, which is strange to me. But uh, yeah, it does own that thing. And we have a few more here. Let's see. What are the other ones? So Pasquale's is one. It's just wings. Uh, the burger experience comes from a place called Smoky Bones. Uh, they deliver oh, yeah. a, Smoky Bones Barbecue. They deliver a burger only virtual brand. That was one of mine and Chris's first dates. Yeah. A uh, mega popular sushi restaurant, Katsuya, does a thing called Crispy rice by deliver delivery only. Okay. Applebee's, even our neighborhood oh, yeah. Applebee's here says neighborhood wings. They have just a wings online only service. Uh, it's just you know those 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 are brand adjacent brands you know okay. from the same company. But then we have things like like we talked about with Mr. Beast. There are uh, there are a lot of these. There's there's Zombie Burger Company. There's Cluck Yeah. There's Pizza Anonymous, Father Foods, Tender Shack, Wing Depot, Coastal Soups, Gin and Juice. All of these, yeah, <laughs> all of these don't actually exist in any real place. They exist in uh, other restaurants. Other restaurants make their food and deliver it. And the same thing goes. With Mr. Beast. I believe, actually, Mr. Beast food, is, Mr. Beast burger food, is made in Boca de Beppo's. All what across. is that? It's, it's like an Italian kitchen, I think, or something. Some I don't know what it is. It's, it looks like it's an Italian place. It might be a burger place, but there's okay. one in Albuquerque I remember seeing. Okay. Anyway, Boca de Beppo's makes uh, all these food, which, uh, which is weird. It's weird to me. But that's why those 300 locations were able to get it, because they made a deal. With this one restaurant that, hey, you're going to make our food, and then DoorDash will come and pick it up from there and deliver it with our own utensils. Which makes sense because, I mean, you've got a bunch of restaurants that can't open up to actual people. Mm-hmm. And you need to make more revenue somewhere. Yeah. It makes sense both for the restaurants taking this up because they're they're like, okay. That's more, you're going to give us a cut of this revenue. Right. Uh, it's not really going to hurt us, you know, time-wise or anything. And we've got all this food already, so let's do all this and make it and make some more money. And it makes amazing sense for people who want to start a restaurant, sell their food, but can't actually make a restaurant. 
You know, I think it's brilliant. You're not you're not paying rent. Yeah, you're 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 just basically paying advertising, and they're you know the people making and they're going to take a cut of the profits, and that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. brilliant. And so, uh, obviously, there's been no uh, shortage of these popping up all over the place now because it's the new thing. I actually tried to search for different articles to try and explain this, and I was inundated with different companies that have now started up that are just setting up your own uh, ghost kitchen, like how to start your own ghost kitchen restaurant. And uh, this is, it's, and people are worried that it's going to actually bust soon yeah. <laughs> as the pandemic goes away. And it might because uh, the, the overarching need for just delivery only might go by the wayside. But who knows? Uh, there are some uh, celebrities that are also joining the fray. Uh, Mario Lopez has Mario's Tortas Lopez. Pauly D. Wake up, yeah, wake up, yeah. <laughs> Has Polly D's Italian subs. I'd be all about this one. Mariah Carey has Mariah's cookies. <laughs> and they're all non-existent restaurants. But they all really exist, which is really strange. It's just a strange thing. But uh, in addition to that, like we initially talked about, there are actual facilities that exist just for this. And DoorDash themselves has gotten in on this uh, game as well, where they've actually been opening up DoorDash kitchens. Now, this is genius. It really is. Places where, where like 10 or 12 different restaurants will work out of. So smart. Yeah. It is brilliant. It is a brilliant, brilliant maneuver and perfect for now. Um But then, now we're also seeing established restaurants Mm -hmm. opening up to go only places. And I think Red Lobster is the first, like, big name. They are opening up across the country a few places that literally just exist to be a delivery kitchen for their food. Mm. So even restaurants themselves are giving up on just, don't come here. (laughs) We'll bring it to you. (laughs) I mean... I, I don't know. I think it is. I think it's genius. Yeah. I mean, I imagine really you come up. You, it doesn't, in fact, it, it can't be a big menu. So right. all you have to do is come up with five or six good dishes. Mm-hmm. Give them the, the ingredients. Give them the way to cook it. And then just partner with some restaurant. Yeah. And make my food and sell it. Mm-hmm. And you get to keep 50% of the profits, whatever. And then you're just making money at that point. Yeah. You're not doing nothing. You're not doing nothing but make money. And I think that's exactly what Mr. Beast is doing. They came up with four burgers. (laughs) Four burgers and a specific kind of french fry. And they are making bank by just sitting and letting other people make that food. (laughs) And truthfully, as a restaurant, that is the best business strategy that you can have. Small menu. Keep it small. That's where so many restaurants go wrong. Oh, gosh. The the incredibly long. I think the only restaurant items. that has a ridiculously stupid long menu and does it well is Cheesecake Factory. Mm, that's that's the, true. They, they have everything there, don't they? Everything. Every possible thing. It's like a seven-page menu. And there was such a long time where I thought it was just like people were going there to eat different cheesecakes. <laughs> like, <laughs> you want, we're going to go to dinner. You want to go to Cheesecake Factory? Okay, where are we going to get food, though, first? Right. (laughs) I I don't want cheesecake for dinner. No, dude. There's seven pages of real food. And then 25 cheesecakes that you can choose from. (laughs) Um, But that's the, like, keeping their menu short so that you can really focus in on 
these few items and doing them well, mm -hmm. that is the best strategy for a restaurant that most restaurants don't stick with. Yeah, Bubba's in our chat right now, and he said, that's what I love and respect about In-N-Out. And he's absolutely right. In-N-Out's menu is very short, yeah, very simple, and while their fries are garbage, their burgers are amazing. <laughs> See, I like their fries. Well, okay, I'm one of those people that can't get them animal style. I do not like them um, animal style. And that's what everyone says. Well, you can't just eat them plain. Like, well, why do they offer them plain then? Because they're awful. They taste like sticks of cardboard. See, I also like them plain. And I am definitely in the minority. I know that. There I can are. only, I can only, I've, we've been to California for that thing like three times now. I've eaten in and out about seven times. Only, okay. and I've gotten fries every single time just because I can't, like a mental thing, I can't get a burger and not, not order fries, fries in the sun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've always been disappointed except one time. I'm like, what makes this one time different? How are you better? I'm talking to my thing of fries. How are you good now? And you've been garbage the rest of this trip and every other year I've been here. I don't know why you're yelling understand. at that thing of fries. That thing of fries was good. I was mad because it made me know that I was missing. Something that they could Jeez. have been good all along. That poor order of fries <laughs> died feeling good about itself, <laughs> but also feeling defeated. Defeated, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Poor I was fries. I was a jerk to those fries. May you rest in peace. Anyway, so yeah, will they stick around? Will they continue on to be popular? I Who really knows? do think Who that knows? they will. Could I be? think that 2020, like built this whole generation of people that are just now forever dependent on delivery food. Delivery food, pickup, groceries. Delivery like I didn't groceries. Take, I didn't take Walmart delivery or Walmart pickup seriously at all until this year, this past year. Well, and now our little town has Instacart that will deliver your groceries from Albertsons to what? your front door. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And DoorDash has Walgreens. Wish you hadn't told me that. Yeah, you know what? That saved my butt a lot Ours during too. during our co our COVID quarantine. Uh, the fact that DoorDash will go to Walgreens and just and I assumed I assumed that Walgreens like got the order just like a restaurant would and oh, like no. bagged it, but mm -mm. this guy just goes and shops for you. Yeah. Like. Pfft. Uh huh. And then text well, I only you to you let four you know. Bucks. I should have tipped you more. Text you to let you know. Hey, this item isn't in stock. Oh yeah, the guy these... I got. The guy I got called me. He's like, hey, I'm all over the store. There is no Diet Dr Pepper here. And yeah. We just had this whole conversation about the fact that there was no Diet Dr Pepper anywhere in yeah. this town. Yeah. And I didn't hate it. I didn't hate talking with a stranger. Right. <laughs> my um, my neighbor the other day posted as her status. We've ordered. Two DoorDash meals and two orders from Instacart. All four times, it was the same delivery person. I said, that happened to us quite a few times during quarantine. That guy's getting a Christmas card this year. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we'll uh, we'll see. Time will tell if Ghost Kitchens stick around and remain popular. It might it might follow the same kind of business rule that that uh, most businesses fall under. It's the eighty twenty rule. Only twenty percent will be successful, and eighty percent will fall by the wayside. But uh, this was the year to definitely get into it. Yeah. Definitely get into it. Uh, so yeah. If uh, you're lucky enough to have a Mr. Beast burger or a Mariah's cookies or a Paula, 
Poly D's. Poly D's Italian <laughs> soup. I said Paula Deans. Paula. Does Paula Dean and Poly D get confused a lot? That's what I need to know. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. Everyone, I'm Jeshua Horka, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm reviewing the tabletop role-playing game Heart, The City Beneath by Grant Howitt and Christopher Taylor. Before we get into the game, something definitely needs to be said about the art and illustrations in Heart, masterfully done by Felix Mayall in the UK. Whether you're a digital artist yourself, a tabletop RPG book collector, player, forever DM, or curious first-timer, the illustration in Heart is deep, Vivid, captivating, and evocative. I couldn't help but flip through the pages over and over just to lose myself in Miles' fascinating rendition of the wild and twisted Undercity masterwork. Speaking of wild and twisted, the official blurb of Heart says it all. Heart, the city beneath, is a game about delving into a nightmare Undercity that will give you everything you've ever dreamed of, or kill you in the process. Heart is a game of wonder, horror, tragedy, and humanity in the face of inhumanity. If that doesn't raise your eyebrows and curiosity, I don't know what will. Heart takes place below Spire, a monolithic structure that pierces the sky. This also happens to be a setting for another game by Howitt and Taylor called Spire. Down here, flesh, stone, forest, and bone all mingle in a shifting reality of wilderness. One of my favorite mechanics in the game are callings, the reason your character would dare traverse such a maddening landscape, whether it's glory, enlightenment, or even forgiveness. Your character's calling grows with you as you delve into the deep crimson of heart. Mechanically, the game is a d10 dice pull system in which you assemble based on the challenges in front of you. You'll usually roll one to four of these and take the highest rolling die, then compare it to a simple chart that tells you how well you succeed. Like other RPGs, heart has a class-based character system. Unlike other RPGs, heart features interesting classes such as a junk mage, cleaver, or even a deadwalker. Heart, the city beneath, drips with an evocative setting and strong sense of story-forward gameplay. If you're looking for a fresh new game for your table, Heart, the city beneath, might be the next game for you. I'm Jeshua, and this has been Reviews of the Nerds. We started talking about Subway by listing one of the recent controversies about its you know, whether it's a foot long or not. But that was about branding more than anything else. In the last few years, they have been accused of much more and some would say much worse. And first up, they were accused of their chicken, like the actual chicken patties, only being about 50% meat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go back in time, shall yeah, we? Yeah, I wonder why I don't want to eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, let's see, where's it called? The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's marketplace had a investigation, an investigation where they took some Subway chicken and they ran tests on it. <laughs> and uh, the test that they, you know, the results that they came back with were that the chicken that they had purchased was only 50% chicken. The rest was either like, you know, it's not gristle, but, you know, what is that? 
fat. It's not exactly fat. It's like that inedible, technically inedible stuff. Anyway. Uh, and then the rest of it was mainly soy. That was what they were claiming. That they're cutting their their prices and uh, cutting corners basically on their chicken by making it half soy. Essentially half soy. Uh, so are we all half vegetarian? We're all half vegetarians. Uh, <laughs> and so they, they came out with this big thing, posted it online, posted it you know in their news news uh, organizations. It went all around the world, of course, really quickly. That Subway's chicken's only 50% chicken. And uh, the problem was that CBC did not actually disclose how they did the tests. They didn't, you know, they didn't disclose the method of testing. They didn't disclose, you know, anything that would give us a clue as to how the test was conducted. They just gave us the results that they found. Okay. And expected us to take it as an unbiased result. Right. <clears throat> Subway then had to later come out and say, uh, no, there is a very slight bit of soy in our products, which you'll find in most, uh, like, prepackaged kind of things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but our chicken is is still considered 100% chicken. <clears throat> and uh, they did their own tests and put those out. But still at the same time, well, this is coming from the company that's being accused. Can you believe that test? So well, the CBC, what do you say? I just like how they had to slip the word considered in there. <laughs> our chicken is still 100% considered chicken. It's considered chicken or it is chicken? <clears throat> There's a difference there. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Subway's test said the results from both labs that they submitted their chicken to uh, found soy protein below 10 ppm, which is less than 1%. Uh, these findings are consistent with the low levels of soy protein that we add with the spices and marinade that help keep the products moist and flavorful, fresh, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Subway president said... Uh, the stunningly flawed test by Marketplace is a tremendous disservice to our customers. The safety, quality, integrity of our food is the foundation of our business. That's why we took extra caution to test and retest the chicken. Our customers can have confidence in our food. The allegation that our chicken is only 50% chicken is 100% wrong. However, Subway did not respond to requests to make more information about their testing methods and results public. It's 51% chicken. <laughs> so both 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 uh, companies who are making these claims one way or the other, both kind of refuse to disclose how the tests really happened, like mm -hmm. the, the methods that were used. <clears throat> so the CBC said that they're standing by their results, mostly. They later reported after Subway presented their results that... Uh, the methods of not they didn't they didn't release the methods or the calculations it used still but they released a little bit more of its data the only uh the only real change is that the outlet wrote while many media outlets took the results to mean that the chicken is only half chicken the reality of dna testing is simply slightly more nuanced and so basically they're saying they go on to say cooking chicken uh and the spices involved can kind of alter the DNA results of chicken. And so in cooking it, it might actually lower the result of mm -hmm. what that test specifically is going to determine right. is actually chicken. So <clears throat> it's quite possible. 
Which, I mean, when you think about it, that does make sense. Yeah. So it's quite possible that Subway is actually right, and their chicken is 100% chicken with a little bit of soy protein in there. Their chicken is considered 100% but, chicken. <laughs> but because both sides have been so lax in making the actual data available, unlike Taco Bell, who had a similar thing happen to them where they were accused that their meat was half meat and right. half like oats or uh-huh. something. Yeah. And uh, they were able to prove, no, our our meat is 100% meat and there's a little bit of... Like filler. oat filler protein to uh-huh. bind the meat together. And that's why it's usually sticky as a part like making to, a meatloaf. Yeah. Instead of making typical taco meat that kind of falls out everywhere because it's essentially dry. You know, that's the only difference. Really, we should all be putting oats in our taco meat. But they released, but they released all their data and how they did it. And so they kind of got out of that. But uh, yeah, Subway didn't. So even really to this day, we don't really know. How much of their chicken is chicken? It's considered chicken. Next up, <laughs> we talked about this on our show briefly. I remember this. Subway's bread is not bread. Mm-hmm. Yep. This was a this was a onion or not onion. It was. And I guessed it correctly. It did. I knew right away. So apparently in Ireland, <clears throat> they have more strict... <laughs> they have more strict uh, definition of what can qualify as bread and what qualifies as cake. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to how much sugar is in the bread. Mm-hmm. And in comparison to, you know, other, other ingredients, ingredients, other ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it says that the clinical or I'm sorry, the clincher <laughs> is the strict provision of the amount of sugar in bread that shall not exceed 2% of the weight of of flour included in the dough. A six inch sub roll from Subway contains five grams of sugar, which is the same as basically two plain cookies. Mm-hmm. Digestive biscuits is what they call them in Ireland. Uh, <clears throat> which is nearly the same amount as a, a Jaffa cake, one Jaffa cake, which has 6.4 grams. So if you're eating a foot long, you're essentially eating one and two thirds of a Jaffa cake. That's cake, guys. That's the amount of sugar in cake. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, when you look at it from an American standpoint, no, uh, it's still bread. That's because in America, we load everything up with sugar and we're fine with it. <laughs> but when you really get down to what's healthy and what's not, uh, compi- comparing breads from other places, other restaurants in Ireland with their standards, it's cake. Or anywhere in Technically Europe. Technically cake. Yeah. Really, yeah. They, they, we don't, it's really, it really is a mainly an American thing, isn't it? To just pump everything so full of sugar. Yeah. It's and we wonder why we're all fat. Sugar and um, <laughs> preservatives to make yeah. things Shelf life. Mm-hmm. Make things last longer. Don't get me started on the whole fat-free craze, which was, yeah, we'll make it fat-free. We'll just pump it full of sugar. Yeah. That's the thing that makes you fat. Yeah. Fat doesn't make you fat. Mm-hmm. Sugar makes you fat. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me my cake sandwich, Rachel says. 
my know? cake and half chicken sandwich. Cake and chicken. <laughs> so in this instance, I you know Subway can't fight this. I mean that's that's a legal definition at that point in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. Too much, too much, too much sugar. Mm-hmm. But the latest and currently ongoing conspiracy is that Subway. <laughs> is this going to make me vomit? Subway's this is going to make me vomit. Tuna might not actually be tuna at all. Okay. Not just a percentage. Look, I'm <laughs> But not at all. <laughs> Do you eat the tuna sandwiches from Subway? Um, I'm afraid. Yes, I eat. If I'm going to get a Subway sandwich, it's either going to be the spicy BMT. BMT mm-hmm. They do like that one. Or tuna. Yeah. Although I do like the... The steak, the Philly steak. The Philly cheesesteak one? Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Let's see. I'm afraid to know. Subway isn't waiting for a judge to settle recent accusations that that its tuna salad doesn't include real tuna among its ingredients. The fast food chain is already appealing to the court of public opinion with an advertising blitz touting its tuna salad sandwiches and wraps as made with 100% real wild caught tuna. Not just considered, <laughs> but the Milford, Connecticut company launched an ad campaign after two California residents recently filed a lawsuit alleging something fishy about Subway's tuna salad. Specifically, the court comp- the court complaint contends the menu items don't happen to include tuna, at least not in the samples the customer's attorney said were purchased and tested in California. Offering 15% off the price of its company <laughs> tuna footlong sandwiches with the promo code, it's real. <laughs> Subway is promoting its tuna salad as 100% tuna mixed with mayo uh, in pop-up ads on its website and social media. Uh, so <laughs> filed late last month in the U.S. District Court of the Northern D.C. No, I'm sorry, District of California. That is D.C., but it's not the D.C. that mm-hmm. I was implying. On behalf of California residents Karen Dahanawa and Nilima Amin, the suit... with the Karen. <laughs> <laughs> The suit claims the two were tricked into buying food items that wholly lacked the ingredients they reasonably thought they were purchasing based on its label. Uh, When Subway bills, what Subway bills as tuna is a, quote, mixture of various concoctions that do not constitute tuna yet have been blended together by defendants to imitate the appearance of tuna, according to the complaint. Consumers are consistently misled into purchasing the products for the commonly known and or advertised benefits and characteristics of tuna when, in fact, no such benefits could be had given the products are, in fact, devoid of tuna. Okay, but what are what is it then? Why have we not gotten to what it is? We're, we're not going to get there this whole time, are we? <laughs> <sighs> Alex Brown, an attorney in your law firm who is representing these two in the case said the firm is trying to determine what ingredients are used in Subway's tuna. We are conducting tests to figure out what it is. The lab tests thus far have only told us what it is not, he said in an email to CBS Money Watch last week. Spokesman for the company denied the claims laid out in the lawsuit. As we said, they've been push- pushing this Subway deli- Subway Slubway. delivers 100% cooked tuna to its restaurants, which is mixed with mayonnaise, used in fresh-made sandwiches, wraps, and salads, and served to and enjoyed by our guests. So, what is it? Are we going to find out? We're going to find out. Okay. Well, we're going to kind of find out. 
Because here's the deal. What it's considered? <laughs> We're going to figure out what it's considered? This lawsuit is part of a trend because all of these other um, situations have resulted in lawsuits. And I believe it was the chicken lawsuit where Subway eventually was just like, we're done fighting with this and we're just going to settle. And so they paid money, which was a bad precedent to set. Yeah, because now everybody thinks that's what's going to happen. Now that's what everyone thinks is going to happen. Here's why it is not likely that they're lying about the tuna. Okay. The cost of tuna is incredibly low. Like, incredibly low. And for you to be able to come up with a edible replacement for tuna that is so close to tuna that no one has been able to tell in the decades that this company has been operating until just recently, logically, it would cost far more. Mm Mm-hmm. And if that were the case, that they were able to reproduce tuna so well and it not actually be tuna, they should be hyping that as something special for people who are allergic to fish. Yeah. Like, it would be a big, big deal that we have we have come up with a fake tuna that's still healthy to eat i mean it's tested by the fda it's got to be approved and all this kind of stuff it's not like it can be made of you know hand sanitizer and old mittens you know it's it's got to be it's got to be an edible substance it's got to right. be food of some kind even if it's another fish it's still going to be food edible food of some kind so if they were able to come up with another uh with a faux tuna they would be selling that somewhere else But in order for Subway to have come up with this fake tuna and sell it for so long, it would be a massive conspiracy that would have to touch several hundred people that have all kept it quiet, including the two tuna companies that are not owned by Subway that provide the tuna for Subway on both coasts. Every single manufacturer, every single distribution center, every single Subway employee who sneezes into your sub sandwich, who's getting paid a dollar and a half an hour, who would have, (laughs) there should be plenty of people who have had regretful departures from Subway because they released the fact that eh, tuna ain't really tuna. I don't see it happening. The walls would crumble. You already figured about 2020? <laughs> I, I, I just don't see it happening, guys. I don't see it happening. Uh, but again, the main thing is tuna is already incredibly inexpensive. Yeah. Incredibly. And it will never get... M- more expensive, at least not as long as we're alive. Mm-hmm. You can buy a flipping pound of that stuff for like 32 cents. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's the chicken of the sea. It is their most economical sandwich and they make money hand over fist selling it to you for the same price as the Italian BMT or anything else. 
there's no reason for them to not use real tuna. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really think this was just another cash grab situation. Yeah. Cash grab situation. Mm-hmm. I can see it. <clears throat> I can see it. Now, people do believe fish-related things like this, though. Not so much for tuna, because tuna is a, d- a distinctive flavor, a distinctive texture, a distinctive taste, all that kind of stuff. But there have been studies that in most restaurants, if you're ordering a certain kind of fish, you get the wrong kind of fish over two-thirds of the time, no matter where you are. You get something similar and cheaper. Okay. Isn't that sad? I don't have that article in I, front of me, but it, it's a new article. Yeah. But they, they, they did a massive test, massive study about that. I believe it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of fish. There's a lot of fish in the sea. That's, that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing everybody says. There's a lot of fish in the sea. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. So Subway, I think, gets a pass on that last one. The other two, maybe not as much. I'm just going to throw this out there. You know, it's a good rule, I think, for everybody to live by. If you're going to eat seafood, do not get seafood from a landlocked state. I mean. There's a pretty good chance what you're getting. You ain't wrong. Ain't seafood. Now, there was an Italian restaurant that I worked for in Albuquerque, though, that really did pay to get, like, fish flown in day of and we got some swordfish once i'm not a fish eater but i ate that swordfish took a bite because they were making all of us try it so we could sell it Mm -hmm. dang good see and that's the thing actual fresh seafood Mm -hmm. is good Mm -hmm. if you've had seafood and you're like this is disgusting i need to drench this in tartar sauce or soy sauce or something there is a really good chance that you weren't really eating fresh Mm -hmm. true seafood now that was an expensive promotion that we did and it only lasted a week and they never did it again because it cost so much money to get that swordfish in i mean (laughs) there there was a time Maryland is known for their crab cakes. Yeah. Okay. That's what Brian's saying here. That's why Maryland seafood tastes so good. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they're known for their crab cakes. And crab cakes, when you think of a crab cake, roughly how big do you think it is? The only reason that I know what you're going to say is because I just watched a man versus food from from Baltimore. Yeah. The crab cake was gigantic. It was like a softball. Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> and that's how it's supposed and to it be. And it was all crab. Exactly. It was big chunks of crab using little chunks of crab as the thing to keep it together. Uh-huh. Like there was no filler, no mayonnaise, no anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So for years I had told Chris, I grew, you know, I grew up on Maryland crab cakes. And so for years I told Chris what you think is a crab cake is not a crab cake. It's right. a crap cake. It's not a crab cake. He finally went to Baltimore. My dad introduced him to authentic, true Maryland crab cakes. He came home and immediately went online to the restaurant, ordered to have them overnighted to us <laughs> four crab cakes. And it costs four hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. To have them overnighted, yeah, four crab cakes. And the whole time I'm like, 
This is a like huge waste of money. This is not gonna be worth it. But oh no, it was worth it. Really? It was worth it. One hundred percent. No. But I had this God. internal struggle. Four hundred dollars. A hundred dollar a crab cake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. This week in nerdy news, this is LTNN. Before the pandemic, President Trump was doing his best to put an end to TikTok over privacy concerns with China. However, even though those concerns still are largely unaddressed, the power of the pandemic and our collective boredom cemented TikTok into our popular culture. In 2020, TikTok nearly doubled its user base, and by last September, it reached 1 billion monthly active users. And this huge growth isn't expected to slow down until 2024. At least for now, the future is TikTok. Snapchat and Facebook agree, as both have seen engagement with their stories features drop significantly. Snapchat recently reported that with the pandemic, they expected stories engagement to rise, but instead it fell dramatically. And since then, engagement with stories hasn't returned to pre-pandemic levels for the company. Facebook has desperately been trying to get their Instagram stories in front of more eyes, placing a featured spot for them on the front page of our Facebook feed even though they require you to open Instagram to interact with them. Still, IG stories are mostly filled up with shared videos from TikTok. But with the 60-second limitation still in place for the Meta apps, less TikTok videos are now finding their way onto Meta's platforms. And even if they make it over in parts, the algorithm splits them up into incomplete chunks that leave viewers frustrated. Both Snapchat and Meta are working on ways to update their apps to be more in line with current trends. Time will only tell if they're able to cash in on the growth that TikTok is experiencing. That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So the new game, Pokemon Legends Arceus, has come out, and... When I heard about it, saw that it was basically Breath of the Wild with Pokemon, I realized that if I only bought one copy, me and my three daughters would be fighting constantly to be able to get some Switch time with it. Um, We have a regular Switch and a Switch Lite, which we all kind of just bounce around sharing whichever system is necessary, but I knew we we were going to have to go ahead and make the decision to fork over the money for not just one copy of the game, but two. Because at any given point, we needed to be able to have two systems be playing this game between the four of us. And, you know, it's it's worked out really well. Um, because at our different times of being able to play, usually they overlap. But one of the biggest benefits that it's been is I have a uh, nine-year-old that is still pretty new to adventure games of this size and depth. Like, Breath of the Wild and Pokemon Arceus are pretty flippin' huge in terms of 
adventure, combat, uh, crafting, and stuff like that. So one of the best parts of this is that when my nine-year-old is playing and I'm playing, um, she can bring her switch over to me and she'll say, okay, show me where you went on your map and I can show her or she'll sit and watch me and just literally kind of mimic what I'm doing. And y'all, when we are in a place where we are willing to make room and effort in our lives for other people to actually walk beside us, walk behind us, walk in front of us. When we are going to make a conscious effort to shape our lives, to actually be able to be attached to by others, it makes a huge difference. There's a scripture in Amos 3.3 that says, do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so. Y'all, we need to start leaving room in our lives for others to walk beside us. It makes a difference. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. Guys, Burger King is uh, the only fast food chain to now be the main focus of an episode of our show now three times. Really? In a trilogy of terrible, terrible marketing decisions. So, first up, do you remember the Moldy Whopper? Yes. It was where they had, uh, they were trying to poke fun at the fact that McDonald's has, you know, there's a guy out there that has a McDonald's burger from 20 years ago that doesn't have any mold on it. That's because it dries out before it molds and then it doesn't mold because it's dried out. Mm -hmm. That's That's why it's not because it's fake. It's not because it's all crammed with preservatives. I mean, it is, but everything is, uh, it's because it dries out. Yeah. So what they did is they put a whopper on a time lapse and just let that thing mold up and then they use that as a commercial uh-huh thinking that yeah that makes me want to eat burger king no a moldy whopper wrong <laughs> so that was number one number two were, were the unhappy meals you remember that it was where you basically go get a, oh, a Whopper yes, extra value yes. meal in a special box. You could have the salty meal, mm-hmm. the unhappy meal, yeah, the depressed meal, uh-huh. angry meal, all kinds of things. But they started getting in trouble because they're like, so what you're saying is when we have mental health issues, we should just try to combat them with fast food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, no, no, that's that's not what we're, we're. I mean, that's kind of what we're saying. But, but men, you should see mental health professionals. They had to backtrack everything again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, have you heard the latest one? No, I really hope you haven't, because I uh, want to surprise you. No, with this. I haven't. Okay. So, <laughs> Burger King's attempt to highlight gender disparity in the restaurant industry with a provocative tweet has backfired. Last Monday, which was International Women's Day, you uh-huh. might recall, uh, the Twitter account for uh, Burger King UK tweeted, 
women belong in the kitchen. <laughs> what? And what they meant was women belong. Yeah. With us yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. of course they know what that line <laughs> provokes. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. <laughs> I would hope. In the series right? yeah, in the series of subsequent threaded tweets, the fast food giant pointed out the lack of female chefs in the restaurant business. The next tweet said, if they want to, of course. Yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in our restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. The chain then highlighted its new scholarship program for female employees to pursue their culinary dreams. But later in the day, Burger King UK, before deleting the tweets, tweeted an apology. We got our initial tweet wrong, and, and we're sorry. Our aim was to draw attention to the fact that only 20% of professional chefs in the UK kitchens are women, and to help change that. No. (laughs) That still seems offensive. I mean, just looking at the screenshot of this tweet, women belong in the kitchen. (laughs) Who thought... How? How does this happen? This had to have... Right? This had to have gone through multiple people. This can't be... Just the rogue one guy in charge of the social media making this. Like, this was a calculated advertisement for their new culinary scholarship program, and this is what they decided on. I don't know. I don't know. I, there's, there's so... I don't know. Even their explanation of why they wanted to do it is still uh, offensive. <laughs> it's not... Right, anyway, so before it was de- before it was deleted, it got one hundred and sixty three thousand retweets, one hundred and seventy one thousand quote tweets, so over three hundred thousand retweets essentially. Uh, <laughs> the initial tweet left Twitter users grilling the fast food chain. Uh, once uh, Becca Beckerly mm-hmm. says, "Please don't use sexism as clickbait." The men in my mentions proves the damage you're causing by doing this. Uh, women belong. Yeah, I mean, she even tweeted the entire thing out. Women belong in the kitchen if they want to, of course. Those first two tweets in one tweet to prove that you could have just done this in one tweet. And at least then it would have undercut it a bit. Yeah. Instead of. And what the the problem was, I believe the problem was, is they did that initial tweet and then the next tweet was a reply to the first tweet, not necessarily showing up on the main page. Like you had to click on that first tweet to see, to see the, reply. The, the thread, okay. I believe. Uh, but either way, <laughs> uh, Snark Grapefruit says there's better ways to draw attention to something that don't, uh, that don't include using the most sexist trope ever. Uh, young Cat Girl says this is, a, this is such a weird tweet. How did this get through higher ups? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> after they apologized, Burger King had another tweet that says, We decided to delete the original tweet after our apology. It was brought to our attention that there were abusive comments in the thread, and we don't want to leave the space open for that. <laughs> That's not even... 
That's not even an apology because they're then putting blame on the people who commented underneath. They're not saying that their original tweet was the issue. The commenters yeah. below were the issue. There are there are people being sexist in the comments. I <laughs> of our already am not a fan of Burger King. <sighs> and this just adds. So, One more tally mark as to why I won't eat there. <laughs> I mean, so this is a, a, I mean, a, a larger problem, not just with Burger King. Burger King seems to have the most uh, consistent face palms, but <laughs> I mean, marketing like this has gotten edgier already, all around. Like there, there are so many companies that, especially on Twitter, like they hire somebody to snarkily reply to things. As a you know, as a joke, but as a way to like insert their brand into things. I that, I remember that even happened with one of my tweets. It wasn't a snarky response, but it was the fact that they replied to one of my tweets was super weird. I tweeted uh, as Backrow Baptist, uh, "My pastor's coming over for dinner. I hope he doesn't see my dirt devil." And dirt devil replied to my tweet saying, "We promise we won't tell," or something like that. And I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. Why is why is a vacuum cleaner responding to me? <laughs> My joke tweet. But I mean, I think it really took off with Wendy's because Wendy's has turned their Twitter account into a living meme. They throw shade at everybody. They make jokes. They they say things that could be deemed offensive, but because that's been the character consistently now for the last several years, it's it's part of the meme, and people laugh about it, and they know not to take it seriously. While in this case, Burger King normally tweets normal things, and then sprinkles in, women belong in the kitchen. <laughs> and there's no, there's no indication that uh, this is a joke. <laughs> Right off the bat, because that's not what that Twitter account does. Have you ever been, have you ever seen the Wendy's tweets? No, I haven't. Let me see what they've got going on right now, because I'm curious. <laughs> Just want to know. All right, so the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the description or the profile uh, description here says, we like our tweets the same way we like to make our hamburgers better than anyone expects from a fast food joint. Uh, let's see. We've got a oh, weird, I don't know what they're doing. They're doing something weird right now with, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. We are going to do their replies. Let's look at their replies. I bet that's going to be better. Okay. <clears throat> uh, actually, I guess it's harder to find these things. Most of these replies are just, we hate to see that. DM us with this location. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, this is harder than I thought. Let's 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 do a list here. Okay. Wendy's Savage tweets. I bet if I Google that, we'll pull it up. Here we go. Twenty plus hilarious roast by Wendy's Twitter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay, these are long threads. Nothing works right today for me. <laughs> what is this ad in the middle of the page? Go away. I can't read anything. <sighs> McDonald's. 
uh, tweeted out today. We've announced that by mid 2018, all quarter pounders uh, at the majority of our restaurants will be cooked with fresh beef. Wendy's replies, so you'll still use frozen beef in most of your burgers in all of your restaurants, right? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Uh, <laughs> tell me I'm not wrong. I can't get rid of this ad, and it's annoying. Yeah, it's right it, in the middle of the right page. Right in the middle of the page. Uh, Bored Panda, get your life together here. Wendy's uh, was asked, uh, I want Wendy's, but my girlfriend wants McDonald's. What do I do? Wendy says there are plenty of fish in the sea. Mm-hmm. Dump her. Oh, <laughs> uh, so Black McDonald's posted a, a broken tweet by accident. It says Black Friday, and then they have a spot there. Need copy and link, meaning that they had put this spot in like a, a pre-programmed tweet okay. uh, thing, and they were supposed to come back and fix this before it went out, and they didn't. Wendy's replied. When the tweets are as broken as the ice cream machines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, friendship goals. Uh, Sniper Swiper said, my friends like Wendy's, but I don't. What do I tell them? Wendy's replied, apologize for being wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a whole... Uh, Discussion between Wendy's and another, you know, like a just a no, normal person, where they said, "Wendy's, quit telling everybody that your beef is is fresh and never frozen. We all know you're lying." And uh, he said, "You think you just have like stacks of hot meat sitting around all all over the place all the time? They have to be frozen at some point." And, and Wendy's replied, "Did do you did you forget that refrigerators exist?" <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Let's see if there's anything else here. Well, someone just asked Wendy straight up, "Who's running this savage page?" Mm. And they said, three dogs in a trench coat pretending to be human." Nice. I mean, how, that's that's a fast food burger change chain's response. Yeah, <laughs> to a customer. <laughs> yeah, we're three dogs in a trench coat pretending to be human. That's that's doing this kind of stuff on the regular, properly, properly mm-hmm. to where it's funny. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Wendy's. Can you give me relationship advice? If you're asking a fast food Twitter, this uh, this relationship might be doomed. Mm-hmm. wow so the problem with uh, again the problem with the burger king thing is that they try they tried to do this be controversial in a way that ultimately makes everybody laugh and instead it just landed so poorly because that's not what people expected did wendy's reply I, I would have loved I, to have I, seen uh, Wendy's like response did Wendy's to this. This at- comment on Burger King. <clears throat> mm, that's last year. No, probably uh, not. I no. guess not. That would have been I missed an opportunity. That Wendy's been pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, let's see, can I set this to where it's everything's changed? Uh, past week, maybe. 
Oh, wait. Yeah? Really? Wait, wait, maybe. What? Hold on, huh? hold on, wait. Okay. Dun, dun, no, dun, dun. no, oh, that looks like it. Bummer. Darn, I thought, I thought. <sighs> but the other, the other side of this coin is that there is that idea that there's no such thing as bad advertising or bad publicity, rather. And so somebody responded with a list of what they thought that they're thinking here is make a single controversial tweet. Faux outrage makes newspapers and social media feeds. Save yourselves millions in advertising, laugh and sell burgers. Mm. So do you think that that could be the outcome here? That they've, they, like, I, I get that that probably was the outcome with the unhappy meals because even though it was probably a bad idea and it was insensitive to the mental health community, overall, people got a chuckle out of it. I want a salty meal. You know, I want a, I want an angry meal. I get that. And that probably worked. But this, like, you see a lot of tweet responses like, wow, never eating a Burger King again because of stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But do you think that the, the overall... Publicity would outweigh the the negative publicity? I mean... The fact that they had it at all? To be completely honest, I don't think that... <laughs> I don't think that publicity does a whole lot of anything anymore, to be com- completely honest. You don't think so? I really don't. I really, really don't. Um, because it's not in your face as much as it was when we were kids. <sighs> That's true. But... That could also be the reasoning behind something like this, because the only place that you see stuff now is when a trend on social media. Sure. But I think what has happened is we have a generation of people who are loyal to certain restaurants, certain stores, certain, you know what I mean? They've, it's been instilled in us. Mm. It's our, our generation. It's been instilled in us since we were kids. We have our favorites. We already know where we're going to go to get a new, to get a burger, to get a milkshake. You know what I mean? We, we already have that picked out. We are then passing that down to our kids. It will go on into the next generation. (laughs) Publicity isn't doing any good or bad really one way or the other. I think. Because you've got a whole group of people who are already so invested and attached to what they think is the best burger or the best chain. Yeah, you know, you're probably not wrong about that, at least for uh, like established yeah. restaurants, chains, brands, and things yeah. like that. They've been around for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. You're probably not wrong there. Uh, now, if it were newer restaurants and brands and whatever, then yeah, publicity you have to be good because people would know you exist. But when was the but last nobody time... nobody doesn't know Burger King exists. Right. When <laughs> was the last time that you saw a small mom and pop chain grow bigger and turn into something in more than just one state or more than just a town? I mean, truly. Well, I mean, that's how it happens, though, right? Yes, exactly. State, that is and how. And then they get to spread Sure, out. exactly. That is how it happens. But when was the last time that it happened? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. We, You've got your small mom and pop restaurants or shops or whatever that people in that town are going to be loyal to. But when you travel outside of it, nobody knows. Even mm. like 
Blake's Whataburger. Yeah. You know? You can't even get one of those here. Yeah. And they're only in our state. Exactly. <laughs> and truthfully, I think that that's just because advertising isn't what it used to be. Mm. You know, what um, out of sight, out of mind kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not seeing advertisements for Blake's here ever. It's only when you travel outside of town and you pass one and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. That's a really good. We're going to eat there. You know what I mean? Right. Out of sight, out of mind. It it. You're already invested. You already have your favorites. You're going to stick to that regardless of how stupid or offensive their publicity stunts are. You're still going to go back. If you prefer a Whopper over a double cheeseburger, you're going to go buy the Whopper at Burger King, regardless of what they say. But who are you? Because I want to know who you are so I can cut you out of my life. <laughs> anybody who prefers Burger King to anything else, just... I mean... And again, that might be colored by our terrible Burger King here. Again, but I really... I just can't. I know. <laughs> I can't I, respect you. <laughs> I really do want to, you know, when things are back to normal, which we're slowly getting there. Almost. Um, I really do want us... I don't know if we should go... Our families should go together or if we should like travel in separate directions for a certain amount of time and just hit up as many Burger Kings as we can <laughs> and just my wife would not be down do a social experiment <laughs> just to if find out. If I was out. traveling on my own, sure, we could try that. Well, I mean, she doesn't have to eat there. Just every time you guys go to eat, you're like, okay, I got to get Burger I gotta King. Get, Sorry. You, you guys can have whatever you want. But. <laughs> <laughs> because I like I grew up with a Burger King directly in front of our middle school. Yeah. And so we would walk to Burger King every day. And I can remember when the chicken sandwich first came out and it was the best thing ever. Ever. And truthfully, a Whopper or a Whopper Junior was my favorite burger for the longest time. Yeah. You couldn't get a better like tasting like a home-cooked burger from a fast food place. Mm. But I don't know if it's just because... You grew up with it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I have no idea. I have <laughs> to find out. I must know the answer. <sighs> I, I enjoy the flame grill taste. Yeah. It's everything else that's wrong. Well, but see, and I enjoy the lettuce and the tomato and... Yeah, and I'm not a fan of those right. on the burger. Um, but also, Carl's Jr. ruined the the enjoying the Burger King flame grill taste. Yeah, because, because Carl's they do Jr. It way is better. so much better. Yeah. So much better. And their burgers are so much better overall. The mm -hmm. quality of ingredients, fantastic. Yeah, you're right. I mean... Mm -hmm. We have a Carl's Jr. an hour away from us. I would more quickly drive to Hereford to get Carl's Jr. than I would go to our Burger King here that is a block away from where we're recording right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. This week in nerd history, checkmate, meatbag. Nerd history. 
In the late 80s, a team brought on by IBM was working on a computer that could beat the world's best chess player, world champion Gary Kasparov. The second version of this machine, named Deep Thought, took on Kasparov and lost in 1989. After years of upgrading and a rename to Deep Blue, a play on IBM's nickname Big Blue, it faced Kasparov again in a six-game matchup. These upgrades included training by chess grandmaster Joel Benjamin. In the first game of the six-game matchup, Benjamin's training seemed to pay off, beating Kasparov for the first time on February 10th, 1996. However, over the course of the next seven days, Deep Blue lost to Kasparov three times, and they drew on another two games, meaning Kasparov won 3-1. to one. Deep Blue once again underwent an upgrade with the unofficial nickname of Deeper Blue, doubling its speed before its second rematch with Kasparov in May of 1997. Deep Blue went on to win with one game more than Kasparov in the tournament of six games. This version of Deep Blue was able to see up to 20 or so moves ahead. In the 44th move of the first game of their second match, unknown to Kasparov, a bug in Deep Blue's code led to it to enter an unintentional loop, which it had exited by taking a randomly selected valid move. Kasparov did not take this possibility into account and misattributed the seemingly pointless move to superior intelligence. Subsequently, Kasparov experienced the decline in performance in the following game, though he denies this was due to anxiety in the wake of Deep Blue's inscrutable move. Following his loss, Kasparov didn't exactly lose gracefully. He accused IBM of human interference. After his protest went public, he demanded a rematch, but IBM had already dismantled Deep Blue, seeing the project as complete. IBM initially refused Kasparov's request for a printout of the machine's log files, but they did eventually publish them online. Kasparov once called Deep Blue an alien opponent, but later belittled it, stating that it was as intelligent as your alarm clock. Game Over, a documentary about these chess matches, attempted to answer the question of if Deep Blue cheated, but could not prove anything. Eric Hosen, a colleague of Gary Kasparov, says that, I'd say the best evidence that they didn't cheat, or at least didn't need to, is that right now, Stockfish on my iPhone would give Deep Blue a run for its money. The other thing is, how would it cheat? Chess is all above board. The only thing that could beat the best chess player is a better chess player, and that's what they built. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. Debunked fast food conspiracies. There have actually been quite a bit uh, uh, of these kind of conspiracies in recent history. Some of them you might actually believe, uh, not knowing that they've been sufficiently debunked. Uh, now, we're not necessarily talking about stuff like the Chili's finger. Do you remember that one? Uh-uh. You don't remember when a customer claimed they found a severed finger in their bowl of chili at Wendy's? No. <laughs> well, guess what? That didn't... Well, it did happen, but it it was put there by the lady in order to try and sue Chil- uh, Wendy's and get a whole bunch of money. Where'd she get a severed finger from? Pretty sure it was her boyfriend. Her boyfriend accidentally cut his finger off. So she just put it in a Ziploc baggie. Oh, what kind of people think of this? <laughs> Having so many issues. Like, look. <laughs> yeah, you're. You got. You got. I'm. I'm. I'm losing. Hives it. almost. Like. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle this portion of the show. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. Well, you can because we're not talking about stuff like that. <laughs> we're more talking about stuff like, uh, and we actually brought this up on the show. Ooh. The Chuck. <laughs> 
We're talking about stuff like the recent theory that Chuck E. Cheese recycled their pizza. Do you remember hearing that theory? We talked about it on the show very briefly. It wasn't like the main topic or anything. But the idea was people would be getting pizzas from Chuck E. Cheese and the crusts wouldn't line up correctly. And the pepperonis wouldn't be cut in the right place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they... They eventually found out that it's mainly because they use a very blunt instrument to try and cut them. Yeah. And so it squishes it, down halves of pepperonis. And right. And it slides the pizza. Slides the pizza yeah. around. Um, but this was actually 100% debunked because of COVID. Because all the Chuck E. Cheese's shut down all their inside use. And that mm-hmm. was the claim is that they would have like leftover pizza from parties or whatever. Right. And they take it back and then just build new pizzas with them. Yeah. Turns out, not. You go order that for carryout, they're still going to look that way. There's no pizza to recycle, and they're still coming out looking exactly like they did before. So, COVID saved uh, Chuck E. Cheese's integrity. (laughs) It could be leftover pizza that the employees are eating. Yeah. Actually, Rogar uh, Rogar said you should check out Food Theorists on YouTube. That's exactly how I found out about that, is they did that test during COVID. Uh, that's where I found out that it would be sufficiently debunked because they tested it out when nobody was actually going to the stores. Food Theory on YouTube is fantastic. It is a fantastic show. I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's go through some of these other ones. Uh, the first one, and maybe the most popular that people actually still believe, is that chicken McNuggets from McDonald's are made from pink slime. Uh, that there was this... There have been several different images going around of it's like, it's just like a slurry of chicken that comes out looking like this pink slime stuff that they try and form into a meat-like substance. And then this picture of this machine pumping out this pink goo, and it was like sliding off the table and everything, started going around the internet. Until someone said, that's literally a thing from the Teletubbies show. <laughs> like, you just zoomed in on this device and Teletubbies that pumps out pink goo. Like, it doesn't even look like a real mechanical... Uh, tool. Tool. Like, yeah. it's it's all multicolored and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the uh, McNuggets are indeed made from boneless white meat chicken. They are, you know, they're formed. They're cut into specific shapes. But they're actual chicken. They've never been a pink goo. Uh, McDonald's Canada actually went so far as to release a video that showed the entire process beginning to end, uh, which started with genuine chicken breast, spices and seasoning, all the way up to ready to dunk in your barbecue sauce. So, Listen, pink slime or not, it's still the best pink slime <laughs> I've ever had. I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Thray in our chat here is saying uh, it might not be McDonald's, but it might be Burger King. Look, look, look. Burger King, their chicken nuggets are so cheap. How can you trust them? Like currently in our town, at least, they're selling 10 for for $1.50. But less than a year ago, they had a promotion where they were selling 10 for for $1. And nobody would buy them. For well, that yeah. price, not a single person. They're like, there's no way I'm eating a chicken nugget that costs 
seven cents. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> because that's making a profit. So what is it base price? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this a three cent chicken nugget you're selling me? Exactly. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, next up on the list was that KFC actually breeds six-legged monster chickens in order to get more, uh, you know, drumsticks out of each chicken. Uh, it's an internet hoax falsely claimed that they were using genetically engineered organisms instead of chicken. Uh, there were even rumors flying around that Kentucky Fried Chicken officially shortened its brand name to the acronym KFC because it wasn't using bona fide chickens on its menu. That they were weird monster hybrids that couldn't technically or legally be classified as chicken. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, but no, that that's never happened. Uh, <laughs> never happened whatsoever. And uh, there there are reasons why KFC shortened its name from Kentucky Fried Chicken. It has nothing to do with the food that they're serving, <laughs> whether or not it's actually chicken. Uh, let's see here. McDonald's ice cream contains no real dairy products. Okay. Uh, when I watched, did you ever watch the founder on, uh, I think it's Netflix. It's basically a, uh, not a documentary, but what was it called when they're like acting it out? Reenacting history. <sighs> no, it's not a mockumentary either. Is it? It's, uh. I don't, I don't know what the term is. I don't remember the term. Anyway, it's where they're basically reenacting history for a movie. Uh, and it was starring uh, 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 um, the original Batman. <laughs> I don't remember his name either now at the moment. Oh. I know his name. I know. How, what? My brain is fried. I should know this any day of the week. Vulture from Far From Home. Jeez. Guys, help us out on Twitch. This is going to make me mad. We'll keep talking so that there's not dead air. I can't even focus. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Thank you so much. Good night. Anyway, starred him as Ray Kroc, which, uh, you know, eventually bought McDonald's and made it into the giant empire it was. Uh, But in that, we see how uh, he kind of broke an agreement with the original McDonald's brothers uh, who said, like, if we're going to franchise this, we need to keep everything pure. We need to keep everything great. Our milkshakes need to be real milkshakes made with real ice cream, all this kind of stuff. And it shows how he made a deal with a woman uh, that I think he eventually married, where they came up with kind of like this freeze-dried shake product that you could just mix with uh, water and okay. it would become a shake. Um <clears throat> And so they say that's why they leave out the milk prefix and that they're just called shakes. Uh, however, uh, that's 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 not that's not true at all. It's like they're saying there's no dairy whatsoever. The pre-made mix is actually dairy. It it, it does it is still a pre-made mix. It's not like straight up ice cream, but it is a dairy re- rehydrated thing that they use. So it's still technically a milkshake. Mm-hmm. It's just a little different than you think it is. I don't know, though. I will say that Oriel points out, makes a really good point in our in our chat <laughs> that, you know, the ice cream machine never works. So <laughs> there's really nothing there to this argument. Oh, man. Just saying. And yeah. that's a fact. It doesn't yeah. matter where you go. You try and order a true. ice cream or a sundae or a milkshake at any it's McDonald's. 
Our machine is down. Uh, the next conspiracy theory, this this one's less of a conspiracy theory and more of just like a, something that everybody just assumed, was that the name Arby's was actually the phonetic spelling of RB, which stands for roast beef. Okay, if this isn't true, then keep scrolling because I want to continue thinking this. This makes... <laughs> This actually gives me hope for the creative people of the world. Uh, it's not. It's not true. Uh, according to the brand's website, the name came from its founders, Leroy and Forrest Raffle, the Raffle Brothers, or RB, or RBs for short. So it is an RB phonetic spelling, but it's not for roast beef. It's for the Raffle Boys. Maybe. Maybe the Raffle Boys decided, you know what? Let's have a restaurant, and we're going to call it Arby's. The phonetic spelling of Raffle Boys. What are we going to cook? Hey, we can make roast beef sandwiches. Again, RB. You can believe it. If that's the story you need to concoct, okay, do it. Oriole's going to believe it with you. He Listen. says, I choose to believe. I want to believe. That's right. Do, 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 do. All right. Uh, McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's again. Uh, conspiracy theory that their breakfast sandwiches don't contain actual eggs. Yeah. That they're fake eggs. Or, no, can't combine those two words. It will sound like something else. <laughs> Next time you order an egg McMuffin, know that you're biting into the... Just don't, don't try and do it in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, biting into the real deal. The eggs in McDonald's breakfast sandwiches do indeed come from hens, and they aren't from a mysterious elixir that mimics an egg. The grade A eggs and McMuffins uh, are cleaned and weighed, then freshly cracked and cooked in the store's kitchen. The other breakfast, the other breakfast menu items use liquid eggs, but it's still straight up eggs. So, chill out. Uh, got two more here. Uh, first up, straight up now, tell me, is it really real eggs in my McMuffin? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love it so much. I loved it so much. That was so good. Oh, my gosh. That was great. You're welcome. That was just a delight. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, next conspiracy theory that White Castle's onions are anything but onions. Uh, the Internet Fable states that the onions in White Castle sliders are actually shredded cabbage soaked in onion juice. This myth was quickly negated with evidence showing the process of the bite-sized burgers being made on the fryer. The company admits in their FAQ that they use dehydrated onions for their burgers. Why? <laughs> much work and effort right? why it's like it's like the thing with the with the subway deal is like it would be so much more effort to make a fake tuna that tasted like real tuna yeah when tuna is like the cheapest thing in the world exactly <laughs> why would they do this <laughs> why would they shred up cabbage chop it really 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 tiny soak it in onion juice which they had to have had onions prior to get Man, this juice i just don't understand <laughs> What would be the what would be the reason? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> some 
y'all just pulling stuff straight out the air. <laughs> now, they do use the dehydrated onions, uh, which, you know, will come off with a little bit of a different texture. Right. Uh, and this is actually a holdover from World War II when onions were rationed and in short supply. They just kept it as a part of the recipe. Okay. I've never eaten at White Castle. Neither have I. But I've, I feel like that's something in the back of my head that I want to do before I die one time. Just order like 20 sliders. Just got to do it. And lastly, uh, the fast food myth is that fast food never spoils or rots. That's super false. Now, you remember the Burger King ad campaign where uh, they tried to beat up on the McDonald's thing where there's that guy that has that Big Mac that's been sitting in a yes a thing mm-hmm. for 20 mm-hmm. years or whatever, and it looks like it's never rotted, never gotten gross. Yeah. That's because it dried out before it could rot. Like it's it all the moisture's gone. There's nothing for any bacteria to grow in at this point. Uh contrary to what you may have heard, your McDouble is not immortal. Uh, to this day, many customers believe the fast food menu items contain mass amounts of preservatives and chemicals that ultimately prevent them from ever decaying. Uh even fast food is real food. Uh, it will decay just like anything else you consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just might not decay in the way that you are thinking it's going to decay because it will dry out faster than it will mold most of the time. Which is so super dangerous because people are going to look at their food and be like, eh, there's no f- there's no mold on it. We're good. And eat something that has truly spoiled and is not good for you to eat anymore. <laughs> but because there's not mold on it. Y'all. People in the Twitch chat are telling me not to go to White Castle. Yeah. Saying it's not all it's cracked up to be. And that it's colonoscopy prep. <laughs> which implies uh, diarrhea. White Castle giving you oh, diarrhea? Oh, see, okay, so I didn't know if she, if Thray was talking about White Castle being colonoscopy prep or <laughs> what Oriole said in reference to my... People pulling things straight up out the air, and he said, no, I think they stand up and pull it out of somewhere else other than the air. (laughs) So I'm not sure what Thray was referencing as to being colonoscopy. (laughs) I mean, both work, right? Oh, gosh. Okay, she meant White Castle. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, White Castle give you diarrhea. I've never heard that about White Castle. I've never heard that. But quick, let's move on. I've never heard that about White Castle either. Okay, but I am curious. There is a chain in Tennessee that's called Crystal. And mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I'm aware of that chain. Yeah. I'm aware it exists. Have you had it before? No, but I know. So they have the small little White Castle style burgers, the little sliders. I love Crystal Burger. Hmm. Love it. I think it's delicious. So I'm curious if any of our Twitch people. Our Twitchies? Our Twitchies, our Twitcheroonies, um, (laughs) are familiar with Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) Ex-nay Twitcheroonies right away. I hate it. I'm the one that's getting offended. Oh, hold by on, things. wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Everything we're talking about needs to stop for Rogar in our Twitch chat, who just said they <laughs> call it a slider for a reason. 
Gross. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You win. You win, Rogar. You win the night. That was good. Oh, man. Night, guys. I love y'all. I know. There are people. at 8 a.m. and again at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, only on LT.